welcome to another episode of the Making Sense podcast with myself, Kadisha. What's up, guys? Hello, folks. Hello. Hello. Morning, morning, morning. Or afternoon. Wherever you are in this, in this, this. All right. Hello, then, isn't it? <laughs> and we have no Sam today. She's recovering. Is there silence? From. Why would you guys be looking at me? Because you're her husband. Uh, yeah. But she messaged you all. She went to work. They all know she went to work <laughs> and she's recovering. Yeah. yeah. So okay. I, I it, happens. it happens. It happens. It happens, man. It happens. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. Two, two days in a row. Yeah, I need to recover yeah. too. It's, it's, I'm way too old for that, man. We are not young anymore. <laughs> Why do you guys have to constantly remind me of how old I am on this <laughs> Like, constantly. There's a joke there, but I'm going to leave it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Mirror reminds you all day, bro. Whatever, man. So, you guys been enjoying the sun? Yeah, yeah, that's no, been good. It's been good. I've heard lots of complaints about the weather, but I've, I don't, I don't understand it. it. Yeah, this needs to continue for as long as possible. Exactly. Amen, amen. I think we just need to acclimatize to it. Really, I'm probably not used to it being this hot for this long. Mm, yeah, it is. It is um, unusual. It is. Well, I'm loving it. <laughs> change, climate change, climate change. Yeah, let it keep changing. Oh my days! This guy. So I say that. this week's episode. What is it about? What are we discussing? The gig economy. <laughs> yes, hot topic. It is a hot topic. Hot topic. Um, it might be foreign to some, and it's a weird name. I always found it stupid when I first heard it. Yeah, but it's, I don't it, like the name. Me neither, but it says what it is. It's, yeah, I understand where the name derives exactly. from. Exactly. But, um, um, yeah, we'll get into it. I've got my own views on this. <laughs> <laughs> so, for those of you who don't know, the gig economy, um, and I probably lean on Francis and John here to help me, um, it's kind of... The, the the Ubers, uh, the, uh, the delivery, courier, com- courier companies, yeah, places where you've not necessarily got uh, the same rights as more traditional roles. Mm-hmm. Um, so you more work as and when work is available. Mm-hmm. So zero hour contracts, actual contractors. So you know IT or whatever contracts that you see in the city, they're in the gig economy because yeah. they've not got guaranteed uh, employment. You know, and, and, and pl- it's good that you make that point actually because. No one refers to those guys they don't. as being in the gig economy because of, I guess, the level of pay exactly. that their yeah. particular roles demand. And that's a point I want to discuss later, that I think our, our view on the gig economy is different depending on what kind of role you're doing. Mm-hmm. Because I yeah. think if if you're talking a thousand pound a day contractor, maybe he doesn't need employee protections versus someone working for Deliveroo or whatever may. And that's just my opinion and we can discuss later on. I know you have a different because you're a pure <laughs> capitalist. I'm, no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a socially from. conscious one. No, I'm far from. Honest. I just think that uh, we're in the habit of placing all the emphasis on on the wider entity rather than individuals to make decisions. And I think it's getting too far now. But anyway. mm, yeah, agreed. But do they have the decisions to make? You, do they have choices like that? I don't think people go to work in these places for willy-nilly. Yeah. Some of them, it might be the only job they can get in their circumstance. And also, there's been a decline in permanent contracts. So exactly. what? how is people supposed to go get work? There's yeah. more temporary contracts than there is permanent now. Mm. As, as always, I think there's a middle ground. And I think I think they need protection. I think there needs to be some kind of, whether it's a union or something mm. like that. I, I think what needs to happen is what they get paid needs to go up. Mm. I just think you can't have it both ways. But we'll get into... The mechanics of what it is to be in the gig economy. Yeah, and we for can, sure. We can sort of take it from there. We're going to pass over to Francis for the disclaimer. For sure. Um, yeah. So as usual, guys, <clears throat> everything that's being discussed there is food for thought. Um, we're just giving you, yeah, information about what we know, how we, how we know things work, etc. So don't take us the gospel. Do your own research because um, we're not liable for any losses that you make. Don't look at me like <laughs> I owe you anything. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I love that. I'm telling you, someone, t- I can't, I need to get yeah. that name. Yeah, I tweeted it. It was so <laughs> funny. That's exactly how I feel when yeah. I read the disclaimer. By the way, just back to your point, Jerome, in terms of what the gig economy is, mm. all that stuff, there actually, there isn't a formal definition. Okay. So, um, the um, Department of Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy, which is basically a government, they have come up with um, a very, very short definition of what they class it as. So they say the gig economy involves the exchange of labor for money between individuals or companies via digital platform. Mm. And the sole purpose of that digital platform must be to facilitate the match between someone who's seeking work and someone who's offering mm. work. That's it. What they um, they kind of exclude from that is, say, if you're working on eBay, no, you're not working. Say you sell stuff mm. on eBay, you're not in a gig economy. Yeah. Got you. Because there's no labor involved as such. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If you're someone who finds a job on through Gumtree, even if it's a temporary job, you're still not in a gig economy. Mm. That's what that, that's their definition, right? Remember, there isn't a yeah. yeah you know yeah. what I mean? They say yeah, but what they do include is stuff like say, um, like you said, Uber. If you work for Uber, you're in it because the sole purpose of Uber is to match those two, and there's physical labor involved, mm. right? Uh, stuff like people per hour, task rabbit. That's the, that's what they include in. Um, yeah, so that there always has to be that digital platform element being in between mm-hmm. that's their definition anyway okay i would have said gumtree was one though because if there wasn't no gumtree would, then there wouldn't have been no uber i don't think or no no five squid but because you're advertising services on there that's i think the point. difference with gumtree is you're not contracted to them okay yeah. so i think that's that's the main difference so with uber and dpd and etc you're contracted to perform that labor for that company whereas if gumtree is more more it's, it's very much a platform that's yeah. strictly a platform so yeah. i think that's the main difference yeah. So um those are so uh the Department of Business and B E B E I S for short. That's okay, what they're called. Yeah. Okay. So B E I S, uh YouGov and Natsen, they did a survey, uh UK wide, about thirteen thousand people responded. So they they just wanted to get a sense of um how many people actually work in the gig economy and their experiences, etc. Mm. Look at demographics, etc. And then from that they kind of extrapolate what what it looks like generally UK wide, right? So they came up with some demographics, like what yeah, what, what the gig, gig economy actually looks like. Um, probably not surprising. Fifty four percent are male. Um, what I did find surprising is that the level of education was kind of irrelevant. Yeah. So course, you have yeah. people with a physics degree yeah, doing a Uber or whatever, mm. or you might have something with some with no A level, no mm. GCSE or nothing doing the same thing yeah so yeah. education didn't matter at all but that's interesting because i think when you i don't know i mean if you bother to speak to you know evil drivers etc sometimes yeah. you speak to people um and the reason why they're in the gig economy is interesting right mm-hmm. so yeah that gentleman with a physics degree or, yeah. or or lady with a physics degree um that might be their second job mm-hmm. and that's exactly why or, or what it is mm-hmm. yeah, yeah 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 a, so lot, a lot of people, people use a second income yeah. yeah yeah but still i would have expected people say someone with a physics degree right i would have because they're so in demand mm. i wouldn't have expected them i would have expected that their actual job pays them enough that they wouldn't be driving ubers or something well, you know, but you never know right you never know. the cost of living is quite high that's true for sure yeah um in terms of money how much people make per year i find that really surprising so the majority actually made less than 30k a year that's hmm. um you said that's surprising yeah why? Why? I thought they'll make a lot more. I thought no. more. No, I, sorry. I thought more people would make a lot more. 
Why? Why? Well, just to say something like Uber, for instance, right? You can effectively work 12 hours per day, seven days if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. I, w- I was just about to say you're making a you're making an assumption on how much work yeah people they're people paying are people the yeah. minimum okay, absolute fine. minimum in so some cases yeah okay, yeah cool. yeah I have some some numbers on that the, but, the, okay. the courier uh, yeah. remuneration you know the co- is but you know that they pay the highest you know really really they, they, according to this yeah the couriers were, they were the, the 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 ones paying more the couriers could make anything up to thirteen pounds per hour wow. With most making just minimum wage or just under, they could make up to yeah. Okay, <laughs> but there was the biggest. De- it was only that group that could make up to that much. Mm. But I think with the courier thing, without going too deep into it, because of how it's structured, so it's about the amount of parcels you drop a day. Mm-hmm. So that thirteen pounds an hour calculation, that yeah. average, do you know, is probably from someone that's sorry, not courier, the transport, the drivers, not ah, courier. Okay, right. yeah, that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. So yeah, about round about fifty um, percent make um, be- between ten and thirty thousand, and it's only six percent that makes between fifty to seventy thousand, which is a lot. These are guys that have the that work in the gig economy as the full full time employment, as in as the only f- source of employment. Okay. Um. Yeah. Uh. Not surprising. The bulk of it happens in London or surrounding London. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Not surprising. Um, Needs must and all that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And the most common platform, so the biggest provider of gig economy jobs is Uber, 18%. Followed by people per hour, 12. You've got delivery also, 12. Mm-hmm. You've got Upwork, 9%. So Upwork, we actually use them yeah. for our, our graphics, our, graphics, our yeah. branding and stuff. Yep. Uh, Shout out to Prashi. Yeah. She probably ain't listening. <laughs> she might be. <laughs> yeah, no. uh, yeah, then you get others like um, City Sprint, Amazon Flex, 6%, etc., etc. But yeah, that's just a, you know, just a quick overview of the demographics of um, mm. those participating in the gig economy. Mm. Uh, and what Kalisha was saying with the, um, how much they make per hour. So I've got something on that as well. Um, the majority earn less than £7.50 per hour. That's twenty five percent, and uh, the transportation guys, yeah, they earn actually they earn between thirteen to twenty pounds per hour, but they only make eight percent of the of the. It's only eight percent of people in that bracket that okay. got you, got yeah. you. Wow, well, so it's quite low. It's low numbers, low number of people, but mm. they can make quite a lot. By the, by Interesting. The yeah. So I think I've been seeing a lot of this in in the, in the news, podcast, you name it. Simply because I think a lot of people are concerned with the change to work and the kind of jobs that society are going to have. So we've already seen that the jobs we have are very different to what our parents had. Yeah. Yeah. So if they had jobs for life, uh, probably better benefits, mm-hmm. you, you know, you name it. Um, you can say we've got more opportunity to do uh, less manual labor work, mm-hmm. where we've yeah. had better education, yada, yada, yada. And, and we may not get jobs for life, but we've got the skills to be able to move from yeah. job to job, yeah. Yeah. you know. And, so, and the mobility, social exactly, mobility is we've got, probably exactly. uh, a little bit easier and quicker. Like, exactly. I mean, well, some people disagree with me on that. But. Some people, and now the concern is the generation coming behind us and even behind them, what kind of work will they have? Do all jobs enter the gig economy? And is there no security for people? What does that look like? What does that mean to society? And I think that's why it's quite important for yeah. me anyway. There's, actually, my friend actually works for a tech company that um, 
provides like a gig economy lifestyle, mm. but for permanent employees. So she gets unlimited holidays. I've heard about this. Um, um, they ideally would like you to start working remotely. So you don't have to go into the office every mm. day. So you can come and go as you want. You're, you're, you're your own manager. You don't have a manager. So you just make sure you get your work done yeah. in a day. Mm. Um, so I think it can be done for permanent employees. It's just if it just depends on the employer. But my thing and is more, sorry. sorry, more employees need to start doing that. Yeah. But for me, for me, that's about the way of working rather than it be gig economy. Yeah. So, so that's a permanent employee. Yeah. And because of that, they'll be afforded certain rights, yeah. Yeah. certain movement within the company, et cetera. With the gig economy, it's your courier, you're a driver. Um, you, I give you passengers or I give you work within, I give you sort of, uh, I give you off, uh, opportunity to work within that role and that's it. Mm. You know, your friend can get promoted, can, mm-hmm. you know, can move. And, that, and that's, yeah. that's, that's where there's, there's a very, very big. But then I guess the, what Kalisha said was it makes you feel like you're in a Yeah, economy. it does. It's the feeling, right? Yeah, it's, it's the, the feeling. feeling. Okay, yeah. True. It's true, the feeling. True, um, true. But just back to the study, they also looked at attitudes. So what people actually thought of the gig economy, people yeah. that work within it. Just on, because you just mentioned this, John. Um, and the biggest benefit that people late mentioned they had was that the feeling of independence and flexibility. Yeah. That's why most people said that was mm-hmm. the biggest reason they gave. Um, and the, the biggest reason they give that they didn't like about their, about working in the gig economy is work related benefits because there are none other than the money you're earning, right? Now, the interesting point was that <laughs> Don't those people that, made um i don't know that thought they were earning really well I, okay it's not surprising but those people that thought they were earning well they all had uh, positive attitudes towards it of course right of course. yeah and those that didn't think they work uh, they earned much didn't well which like, i guess yeah, is, okay. is common sense yeah right? of course but yeah anyway um yeah that's I, that. I guess the point for me on that one is there has to be a trade-off at some point right yeah so, so i would have asked them how much of your flexibility and autonomy would you sacrifice for the greater benefits mm. and all that kind of stuff because these benefits they don't come out of thin air there's a cost to yeah them. of course and the cost to them generally the cost to them of that is generally you lose that sort of autonomy and flexibility yeah. so even um that unlimited holiday thing i read a article on it not too long ago and i, I would have brought it if i realized that it was um it was going to be relevant to this mm-hmm. and they're saying it's a bit of a not a trap but because it's unlimited um, people aren't seeing the benefit out of it. You, you can't, you, basically, you're not taking any more holiday than if you worked in a company that gave you 26 days, basically, mm. on average, because you've still got a lot of work to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Things yeah, still yeah. need to get done. So it's back to the feeling. So you feel like, mm-hmm. I've got a limit holiday. This is amazing. Yeah. At the mm-hmm. end of the year, you you've probably only taken the same amount of holiday. Yeah. Or maybe well, one you know, or two days more. That That's the thing that I feel like with human beings. Yeah. Sometimes it's enough for us just to feel as if yeah. something yeah. is the agreed, case. Agreed, agreed, it agreed. actually agreed. isn't, but as long as we feel like it, that's all we want, right? Yeah, agreed. that's like yeah. Or having that option there. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 yeah. I think the the question for me is, is all right, guys. There's there's that autonomy, etc. Yeah. There's these benefits you want. What what's what's the what's the play on the trade off? Maybe you get only seven days holiday where permanent gets yeah. twenty. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. So, it, but um, back to the attitudes thing. So the the Harvard Business Review did something similar in America. Mm. The results there are just slightly different, but they're much more in line with. They're very happy not to have the benefits as long as they have the flexibility. Mm. So yeah, they yeah they 
just back to what the UK one people were saying, you know, those who didn't earn much were saying they didn't, I don't know, they didn't like their jobs, whatever. Yeah. In America, even those who didn't earn that much were kind of okay with it. I mean, there's a different, okay. there's a society to society, right? Yeah, different the working mindset. attitude and culture in America is yeah, it's very, different. very different to here. They, mm. they standardly do long hours yeah, and all that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. So They work a lot. Yeah. They appreciate the flexibility a lot more than maybe. It's a bit mm. of a generalization, but. Oh, yeah, and um, it's it's actually only five percent of people for who the gig economy is their source of main income. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's quite small. So the majority is just a top up. So did it, so so did they specify? So the other ninety five percent say, yeah, they have a normal permanent job. No, it doesn't. They just have a different. They, they have they have. It's not their only source of income. Okay, so they have a different job. Whether that job is permanent, that wasn't mentioned. Okay, but from yeah. that point of view, it doesn't seem like a bad thing, right? Because if you're telling university kids that they can get these gigs jobs where so for instance remember when we were studying and you're having to work your shifts around when your lectures yeah. are all that kind of jazz yeah and, and some I, I had employers when i was at tesco asking me to choose working for tesco instead of going to my lectures <laughs> wow hey, that's an easy choice exactly yeah, exactly, exactly i went to work <laughs> tesco right okay. <laughs> <laughs> i went to work i needed the money um uh, <laughs> i studied later on that night like which this kind of confirms what you just said. Um, the majority of people working in the gig economy are between the ages of 18 to 34. Mm. So very young workforce mm-hmm. compared to the average. Yeah. Mm. So it's mainly so, the young ones. As I was kind of saying, so if it gives them that flexibility that they can truly work in and around their studies, maybe it's a good thing. Yeah, true. I think the concern is though, so even if you're doing five hours a week, if you're doing five hours a week at five pound an hour, it's not good enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I think that's, yeah, yeah exactly. That's where, that's where something needs to be sorted and, I, and I'm sure it's coming and we'll, Talk yeah. a, we'll go on to talk about the test cases yeah. that have happened recently. but And it's about uh, 4.4% of the population that work in the gig economy, which okay. is quite... It's 2.8 million in the UK, which is quite That's high. a lot. That's quite high. Considering it's not been a thing for that long. No. And, and it'll be interesting to, to see what that slice that is of the working age group. Uh, yeah, yeah, I wish you told me that before the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you see what I mean? Because it's 2.2% yeah. of the population, but what percentage of the uh, working four, population? 4.4. 4.4, 4. 4. 4, right. Yeah. So what percent of the working population, is, that that's number's going to grow. So mm. that's that's a lot of people. Yeah, it is. For sure. Cool. All right. So I think we've kind of all discussed what it is to death. I think you guys should have a good <laughs> understanding of it. Yeah. Um, I think, do we go into somebody? Which, which, where should we go next? Um, yes. So, so I mean... The sort of the sort of crux of this matter is, you know, there's a lot of big companies making lots of profits mm. off the back of gig economy workers, and and what's what's come up in the last couple of years are the workers saying, "Well, hold on, I'm effectively a permanent employee now, yeah. right? I'm working ten, twelve hours a day. If I take holiday, I don't get paid. If I get sick, I don't get paid. Um, there was even uh, situations where couriers were getting fined." Mm. for uh, not dropping parcels or if they were ill or not turning up. <laughs> so we've had a couple of test cases. Um, the biggest ones that people know, Uber. I think Uber's mm-hmm. been, been through it with, with, the, uh, the, law. with, with the law a couple <laughs> of times. Uh, they've only just got their, they renewed their license back. They've got a license back now. Yeah, okay. yeah. So so there was a, a case. Not a license there. No, it's an appeal. I think they've got 18 yeah. months repeat or something oh, and then yeah. they're going to fight it. Yeah, I think they're just going to keep doing that every time. Yeah, let's just, you know, 18 months, 18 months before you know it. Really? <laughs> That's a lot of people are out of work if they get rid of Uber. So mm. bear that in mind. Um, anyway, so yeah, there's them. There's DPD, which is a very large um, courier company. Yeah. 
So if you know if all you people that do online shopping, uh, you ASOS. Guys are the, yeah, ASOS is exactly your next day deliveries. Um, even Parcel Force was involved, but Uber. Sure, Hermes wasn't. So I'm surprised Hermes wasn't. Okay. You know what? You know what? They always go for the biggest companies, right? Yeah. So you know, DPD they were posting, I think, close to 125, 130 million pounds a year in profit, right? Wow. But then you had um, their drivers complaining about working 12 hours. One guy calculated that he was earning as little as two pound twenty five an hour. Um, Working for DPD. Yeah, there's another courier. He died, so he wasn't well, um, and he felt he couldn't take the time off of work because he would lose X amount of money, etc. And then he ended up dying because he didn't. Well, it's easy to cause a link, but they they could say, well, he didn't go to the doctor. He didn't have it checked because he went to work. Ended up dying. So that forced DPD to now take some action and say. Guys are gonna get sick pay. Mm. They're gonna start giving them some benefits. That didn't even have to get to court. That that case alone was 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 enough. But Uber's case, they lost his case last year, and I think it's around the time, 2017. So a couple of things happened to them in 2017. But with their UK employment rights, they said there was a ruling that the drivers should be classed as workers with minimum wage rights. So if we go back to how the a lot of the gig economy works is almost the amount of work you do divided by the hours you work mm. whereas we live in a world where even if you only work two hours your hourly rate of pay mm. is the same yeah, whether you work yeah, two yeah. hours or you work 14 hours right yeah if you're paid an hourly basis mm. if you're on a salary then you probably annoyed that you do lots of overtime yeah. and you paid for it that's me um <laughs> but with the with the people like uber and Deliveroo, etc however many deliveries you make or however how many passengers you take that determines your pay. Um, and they said, actually, that's not actually fair. Uh, and as Francis alluded to earlier, well, actually, I thought, well, you can work 12 hours a day, seven days a week. Mm. Point is, they shouldn't have to do that all the time um, to even get minimum wage, minimum yeah. wage status. So so that was that was seen as a test case. And this was actually the appeal. So they lost this in November. They'd already lost the original case. They appealed again. But now all the Uber drivers have minimum wage rights. And this scene is a test case. It's going to rever- reverberate all the way through. I think Deliveroo lost their case as well. Yeah. Deliveroo is another one. Um, I think it's interesting that these guys only have problems once the company gets to a certain size. Yeah. Mm. But I think that's human nature in general. Yeah, um, and I suppose that's when it starts to have an impact on the society, right? Yeah, I guess so. It's like anything. You're not going to ignore it until it becomes material. Well, size, stroke, stroke profile, I would say. Yeah, because okay. The other, yeah. Uh, as people like Hermes, I, could, I didn't find that much on them, mm. um, but they're not a small company either, right? Oh. But they're not, they're, I've not seen anything massive in mm. terms of, well, they're, maybe they're doing the right things. So there's a company called the Independent Workers Union of Great Britain, which helped back the appeal. Um, and <laughs> so this is why I said, kind of what I said earlier, the drivers will still be able to enjoy the freedoms of self-employment, mm-hmm. such as flexibility in choosing shifts, but they will be classified as permanent worker and have okay. minimum wage status. So that's the sort of middle ground people want to get to. Mm. I still want to have the flexibility, but when I do work, I don't. I shouldn't be getting paid three pound an hour because I've not done ten hours and mm. four hundred deliveries. Yeah, right? of course, of course not. So for me, I think that's a, that's a good place to, to get to. That's a good place to get to. And also, we have to understand that in the eyes of HMRC or whoever else, there isn't much difference between a contractor who is doing Deliveroo and a contractor who is doing £400 a day mm-hmm. business analysis or whatever. Mm. So that ramifications of that down there could go all the way up to those guys. Ah, so unless yeah. we separate things, I think there could be... Do you know what I mean? Agreed. agreed. You could end up affect, you know, unintentionally affecting a certain group of yeah. that economy that 
Actually, yeah, don't need they're, to be, they're, they're not, they're not tax, bothered. Taxation on independent workers needs to be changed or it needs to be adapted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then they've been talking about that for a while and there's small, small things happening. So the dividend change, yeah. that was a sign of it. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure they mentioned that they're going to review it in the last statement. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely going to change. I mean, I mean, to be fair, a lot of these guys are self-employed, but a lot of the contracts we're talking about, they're attached to the limited company. Yeah. So in that sense, they might yeah. not be... But, but you, you know, you still have quite a lot of people... Um, Self-employed working in the gig economy. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, yeah. So that number's that's, been that's, growing. That's the, that's the key. Yeah, yeah, it's it's grown by forty-five percent since twenty twelve. Wow. Yeah, and it keeps growing. So there's there's another case, a company called City Sprint, which I've not heard of, but I think they're City Couriers. So a lot of the guys on the bikes, if you work in the city, mm-hmm. um, almost knocking mm. people over at zebra crosses at lunchtime. <laughs> um, they've got a case going to the Supreme Court labour rights like as a, as a labour rights battle and Pimlico Plumbers as well oh yeah so Pimlico Plumbers so I didn't realise they they operated on that yeah I they thought do. they all had employees because yeah. they put quite a lot of money into those vans but and the branding but it's, it's so much benefits for them right not having permanent employees yeah, you don't have course. to contribute to the NI you don't you have to pay them anything <laughs> and, and I think that's why there's a real push towards that because it's, yeah. it's and business is going that way we want to outsource everything that isn't strategic yeah. Or align to our commercial goals, right? Yeah. But but to be fair, especially in the Uber world, you have to remember taxi drivers have been self employed for, for ages. Yeah. yeah. So black cab drivers are self employed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Uber was saying, "What's the dif- Why are we any different? Because we're giving people a lot of work. Why Why are we any different? That's a good point. Um. So that's been their challenge, and I think um, <laughs> I feel the difference is, but black cab drivers due to the how can I put this in a in a good way the prestige <laughs> not even that due to their price point I don't think you'll find black cab drivers complaining that you know they're not getting paid enough or yeah. their self-employed status they complain about Uber though hmm? yeah, they, they complain do. about Uber yeah. though yeah. yeah people don't like their status quo mm. being ruffled right yeah. they've had it they've had it their own and this the strike well yeah of when they closed up central London yeah I was there yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't get to work so, top of to go home. so, so I, you know all of these test cases go to show that Things are changing, and mm. what what people are trying to achieve is a balance between having uh, a minimum level of of pay, yeah, and general rights, whilst allowing you to keep your flexibility, um, and not have the rigidity of a permanent mm. uh, employee status. But but I, as I said, I think I, I think I think that's the right thing to do. Yeah, but I think the way they do it is what's important. So for me, they maybe yeah, there should be a union. You should, there should be some kind of, you know, you need to work a minimum of X amount of hours to get your minimum wage status. I think something like that. Otherwise, like I said, there's no trade-off. You, you know, you have sick pay, you have all that kind of stuff. But as a company, I have to pay for that. Yeah, I have yeah, to provide yeah. that. It just won't happen. What, what, what does that happen? You know, yeah. would Uber have grown and scaled to the side they did if they were all permanent employees? No. And I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think so. And to be honest, quite a few of the Uber drivers I speak to are happy in this situation. They like the flexibility. No, no, no. Oh, they like the flexibility and all that kind of stuff. And, and I think everything we've probably spoken about for the last X amount of minutes has been somewhat negative. But when you really think <laughs> of it, oh, and, and it was similar to when we did Brexit, right? You just see the downside of it. Yeah, but agreed. the idea of flexibility and mobility, it's not a bad thing, especially for the younger generation that want no. to be more flexible and, and, and agile, you know? It's not, put, put it this way, the um, the unemployment rate, right? So it, it peaked and, um, well, it didn't, okay, it didn't peak, but the unemployment rate ha- has been decreasing quite a lot since the last recession, right? Since 2008. Got you. And it, okay, it did peak around 2012. Mm. And since 2012, it's just been on a downward slope. Yeah. And uh, 
OBR basically saying they think a lot of it has got to do with the gig economy. Yeah, yeah. that's often the yeah. Thing. So they're saying since 2012 that all of these apps, all of these companies have been popping up. They've been just accelerating how much people work, how much work people are getting, even mm. if it's not permanent. Yeah, you have a lot more people employed than not not employed. Yeah. Um. So it, it has its benefits, mm. but f- for the government right now, the biggest negative is um taxation, because what they're finding is that. A, there's a there's a large increase in people being independent or self-employed, mm. so they're paying less taxes, right? Yep. As a self-employed, you, you're charged less corporation tax, whatever. Um, they they basically estimate that if if they don't change how they're taxing people now and differentiate between, I don't know, like a courier or someone business analyst four hundred day, if they don't start doing that by if within the next five years, uh, they're going to see a, around three point five billion less in um, tax tax benefit no was it tax receives money yeah, receives. Tax revenue. yeah yeah um yeah so yeah i think there will be some changes coming up yeah i'm not surprised and i think the the whole movement of people going into contract work because that's been a big thing yeah over the last yeah. two three yeah. years yeah everybody wants to be a contractor including yeah. myself and that and i think that's why it's come up because traditionally you'd think independent working that kind of stuff would be something the tories would push they're yeah. very entrepreneurial mm-hmm. or as a, as a party generally or historically um, I think their change towards contractors has been that because of the the, the decrease in tax revenues. No, but sure. no, but also as well, I think let's not underestimate the power of how things look. So if you remember when um when they started talking about the national insurance contributions and things like that, mm. that was going to particularly affect contractors. I think to your point, you know, without getting too political, about the Tories would have pushed that. But there is an image that contractors get paid a lot of money mm. and they get away with paying a lot less tax. Yeah, of course. So they they would want to sort of sort of curb mm-hmm. curb that, whereas yeah. your permanent employee is stuck with paying whatever it attacks. And I, mm-hmm. I mean, we've we've discussed the this. gap is ridiculous. Yeah. If you ask me, though, I think the gap between don't get me wrong, you do no, not in all cases, but in some cases, the gap can be ridiculous in terms of you have two people doing the same job on a permanent contract yeah. basis. And while the contractor should get paid more because they have less protection or no protection, if you depending on how you look at it, sometimes the gaps are ridiculous. No, yeah. and it's a skill. That, yeah. Sorry, go on. Just to say that my friend just on Friday went from a contractor to a permanent and her pay went down by five grand. Mm. She had to. I've heard bigger gaps than that. And, and, and the reason why that's a problem for me is what I've seen in the IT space that you cannot get good employees on a permanent basis. Mm. But I was going to say, so, but that's, that's market economics, right? Mm. So all the good people I'm out here contracting and I guess this is the reverse. This is what they don't have in the gig economy or in the majority of gig economy that is not a specialised enough job that people can then extract extra value for the same role. Mm. Whereas, wait, the, the the jobs you're talking about, they're skilled roles. So you can be a better, more experienced business analyst than than Francis, yeah, right? Yeah. Or somebody else. And I think as someone who's gone from perm to contracting back to perm, I think the basic premise of it works because when I took a two-week holiday, yeah, I felt it. Mm. But over the course of the year, you're compensated. So you, you don't have you don't have that. Or when you are sick, you know, I've, at one point I was sick for 10 days. I'd never be so angry to be sick in my life. Um, so, so, so I, I, I get what you're saying, but I think by and large it works. The problem with the gig economy and and those roles, they're not specialized enough that people, individuals, can extract. Yeah, a lot of it's just labour, labour work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't, you know, you can't go to Uber and say, no, I'm a better, better Uber driver than Jerome, so yeah. I want extra per passenger, and that's where where. The, the problem is, I think, okay. I was more talking from a business point of view, to be honest, because mm. I think it's a false economy because 
simply because these contracts as we've experienced will stay with the company for 5-10 years mm. so you say you want the flexibility of not having perm staff because you're going to get contractors mm-hmm. in but you have to keep all the contractors because the good people are on contracts so maybe if we address permanent salaries mm. you can have long term people on a decent wage I think what we might get to is and w- utilising people's talents more as well which mm. I don't exactly. think employees do that they much don't. anymore they mm. don't good. they don't I think, I think what we might get to a point is some standardization around minimum wage mm. etc and some kind of mechanism that says you know if you work x amount of time you then qualify for minimum wage and these benefits some kind of middle ground i think also what we might start seeing is so if i start a company tomorrow i don't want to get in that trap that uber and delivery have done so you might see companies transitioning when they get to a certain size mm. possibly if these regulations and things don't really kick in and do what they need to do but as I said, I don't think the gig economy is a bad thing per se. I just I think these companies need to look after the people that work for them a bit more. Yeah. But I'm I'm not a believer in effectively making gig economy workers yeah. effectively the same as permanent employees. No, I, no, I think no. there needs to be some but give and you know take. What you mentioned with that DPD guy who he calculated he was getting like two pounds something. Yeah. But how how can that work? Because aren't they bound by minimum wage? No, they're not. So if you think about it. You are self-employed, so yeah. you are Francis. Not even Francis. Okay, You're fine. Francis worker. Yeah. Oh, fine, fine, fine. And you've got a service contract, say with DPD, yeah. and they say, right, for every parcel you deliver, we're going to pay you X. Okay. So by the time you delivered all these parcels that day, um, yeah. and paid all his petrol uh, and all these costs for his okay, van, really. so that's like the net, net. Yeah, earnings. net, net. He was like, this is what I'm okay. making. So then, so then, really, what should happen is there should be an effective rate. Not right. minimum, not effective right. rate. Exactly. Right? That means after point. everything net net, yeah. you have to earn this much. Mm. Yeah. If they have if they were to push something like that, then there's no way you can go wrong. As as an employer anyway, there's no way you can get And I think there's so many creative ways they could do it. The point is you lot haven't bothered to look because you're making money. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times in these situations, if you don't and, and the government have to step in, mm. you will get something forced upon you. Whereas things like that, you're right. You know, they could say, right, here's the average rate for, for diesel or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. They know the mileage you've done because if I can check on my app how many drops the gentleman's done, they know, they know right? Yeah. And they could say, right, your effective rate or cost was this today. They, they could do that. They could get creative with how yeah, they pay yeah, these yeah. individuals, right? So so it's that's- the really use that, of tech, right? Exactly. That's, and that's the point. And I think that's where um, legislators and when, when it goes to court and things like that, they get a little bit frustrated because it's, um, you have the tools yeah. to-, to, to um, have solutions to these problems before we have to yeah shift, before we have to step in yeah, yeah and you have you guys haven't bothered so so yeah maybe it's a solution we can you know we can yeah. we can advise <laughs> we can advise some yeah, of these we'll, we'll these white, white paper make yeah yeah exactly paper. exactly and lastly I think the other thing you mentioned earlier about um, students yeah so when I think back to when we were students it was either part time retail jobs mm. um, that was really it or if you really wanted to get around the hours you'd maybe get a job in a 24 hour restaurant or something like that yeah this is something now where students could literally fit it around their t- around their time you know if your lectures are odd times etc i think that's where the good gig economy could be that'd be quite quite powerful that'd be right? very good actually if yeah. you could maybe your job be in the field you're studying but just on a flexible yeah. basis yeah there's nothing to say you could yeah, they, they do that in germany features. do they yeah so say you're studying finance or something whilst you're studying you can be working for a big bank like part-time like yeah. 10 hours a week you know I how we used to work at retail yeah and generally do that with big companies and that would make sense because often they can, companies complain that graduates aren't work ready that mm-hmm. would potentially get them yeah, work ready good they're good yeah yeah it's very common so yes, some, say they give you like two days a week and that's it you come in for five six hours every week 
Makes sense. Yeah, I wouldn't surprise if it evolved to almost having gig economy in the corporate world. Yeah. So for, you know, uh, more repetitive tasks, etc. As you say, you, you go on the app, you check someone in bank, I don't know, need someone for four hours mm-hmm. on Thursday afternoon to do some filing, blah, blah, blah. You roll up, you get mm-hmm. your four hours, you go. I wouldn't be surprised if it gets to, yeah. gets to that level. Gets to that level. Someone will build a platform, do the adequate checks so you could work in a finance. I, I just wouldn't be surprised to see that evolving. But I think yeah. this is the initial... This is the initial sort of, of teething problems yeah, of this yeah, thing, yeah. but but you're right. I don't think the gig economy is um should be talked about in only negative terms. Yeah, it's just a, yeah. it's just something that needs to be it's sorted. New. Out. And yeah. it's going to seem scary, right? Yeah. So do you f- foresee a time where all our jobs are in the gig economy? <laughs> no, no. I no. think is is the the highly specialized jobs. And again, I keep going back to physics, but um, someone who to work on say NASA, whatever. No, I think there's so much demand for them. They will never touch a temporary contract unless it was something stupid like a hundred k a month or something, mm-hmm. right? Then maybe they would. Well, also you need to think about the mechanics of the gig economy. You come in, you do a job, you leave. I might not see you again for two weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. In most jobs, you go, you start. You need to learn what they do. You need to learn the processes. Mm-hmm. You need yeah. to learn their written rules. You need to bed in. You need to understand what your work's contributing to the strategy, that all this stuff, even as a contractor, yeah, yeah. takes time. Man. It takes time, right? So I think there's just certain jobs that it won't get to that to that point. But I think there's a lot more jobs now that people might not be thinking about going that way. They could go that way. I, I wouldn't be surprised if at one point, you know, you 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 got these retail companies, the Tesco's, etc. And and you walk into a Tesco's and 80% of those people aren't necessarily permanent employees. Mm-hmm. They've all got on the app a bit like bank staff in NHS, right? They've all got an app. Yeah, Tesco's and Lucian needs these people at this point. Okay, cool, I'll sign up. And they go and they turn up. Yeah. I can see maybe that. Ideas, hey? Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> it's fine. I'm sure someone else has thought of it. I'm not, <laughs> I don't think I'm the, we're the only unique brains, but, you know, but I can, to answer your question, I can I, see that possibly. Apparently, I'm in the 3% of the world. I'm a logitarian or something like that. I feel that one personality thing. You're, you're what? I'm, there's only 3%. I'm a logitarian or something like that. <laughs> where, where did you do this? Someone sent it to me. Yeah, man. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Logitarian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe right. You know. Did they ask you for money after? No. Oh, no. Oh. Did the general one response people ask me for money? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. Cool. So we don't seek. My friend, leave my food alone. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we've kind of covered most things. I think we've covered what the government, the impact of the government. Um. I suppose maybe just our general views on it, you know, just a quick summary. What what is the gig economy gig economy to you, and where do you maybe see it going? You know, I personally, I I don't think so. Let's just say someone is a developer, right, a mm. coder, and he finds a job. That's where I think it's good. Is, yeah, I, and I think that's a really good thing to be mm. very honest. Because if I had that kind of skill set where I was some sick expert coder, right. I wouldn't want to work for a big corporation because mm. I want to work for my living room. Yeah. Just give me the project. Tell me what you want. I'll design it. We'll maybe have a conference call. I'll come into your office once or twice every month or so. Show you what I'm doing. That's it. Yeah, I don't want that thing to do. Yeah, that's what my, my <laughs> friend is good. I don't <laughs> think it's it's classed as the gig economy, but... Because that happens now. That's, exactly what, that's exactly what happens yeah, now. Yeah, but there's a... Okay, maybe there isn't a parallel, but... Okay, I guess gig economy often involves physical labor. Fine. Well, then I guess you can kind of use the gig economy to your benefit. But yeah, okay, fine. I don't know. I I, I just don't know. To me, I think it's a. I think, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. It helps companies Mm. grow. It helps. it, It puts people in employment. My big thing is though, 
is it needs to be done in a responsible way. So as a company, yes, it's less of a cost burden. It's less of a structure burden. It allows you to scale your company quickly, et cetera. But it's very easy to forget the human element when you're looking at your spreadsheet, right? Mm -hmm. You're talking to your, your CFO. So I think it's a good thing as long as it has its place in the economy and sort of in the labor market um, and it's done properly and respectfully with people in mind. Um, that's the problem that you said about being a true capitalist. I'm not, and that's the, that's the big problem. <laughs> but, with capitalism. but even if even if he was, what's wrong with that, Jerome? No, I think I think that I think that what the problem has I, been I, is that the, the numbers are more important than people. Jerome's right? a capitalist. Don't, don't nothing, believe that. I have to say. He's a capitalist. Yeah, he, yeah. He is off mic is. Yeah, yeah. Off mic <laughs> So that's it to me. I think the gig economy is a good thing. I think it needs to be done properly, so it, it has its right place in the labour market, helping people with secondary yeah. income. Helping students and and all that and all that kind of stuff, um, and I think it definitely has a place. It just needs some structure around it. And to yeah. be honest, I wish companies would put that structure around it before the government does, because the yeah. government will just take or, it too far. Or just work with the government, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Suggest so something to them. I think it's good, as you said, uh, John. It, it, the only time it doesn't become good is when you're exploiting those who have no other choices exactly. but to work in a exactly. Yeah, and that seems to be what we're hearing at the moment. You know. Yeah, people seem to be feeling exploited. And you know, on the flip side, you have say you have someone in like say I don't know some foreign, you have someone in the deserts of of Chad, right? He just looks at you and think, look at these guys. It to him, if he had opportunity to live in wherever and work for those minimum hours. He yeah. would probably grab it with mm. both hands. Yeah, but then it's relative to where you are, right? Because it's relative, if, when he's here, you'd have to pay the rent that's applicable yeah. here. That's you'd have also to true. buy the milk for what it costs here. So I hear you in terms of opportunity, but when you're here and you're doing it, then it's, it's yeah. a totally Once you're in the system, yeah. maybe if he could be earning what he could earn here and yeah. have the cost of living of where he is, that's <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah. with all of here, that, with all of that equation, wouldn't we? What do you think, Alicia? Um, it means flexibility, but it also means less pay. That's the only thing. So it's the trade-off, right? Yeah. You, you accept the, you accept that you're not going to have these benefits, but yeah. then you have your flexibility. But for yeah. me, in 2018, even looking for a permanent job, flexibility means so much more to me than money now. Yeah, good. So. Yeah, I know. Actually, these I know a girl. She um, she works for a big bank. She's a director. Yeah. And she's her new contract is basically she gets one day a week off. So she only works four days a week. That used to be me last year. I used to work four days. Is she doing condensed hours or that's just her That's just her contract. But obviously she earns less as well now. Yeah, yeah, of course. But she said she doesn't really care about the drop in money because that extra day she can use for so many other things that Mm. it's worth it for her. That's like me. I used to work Monday to Thursdays and having that one day gave me so much peace of mind. (laughs) So much. I was so relaxed. Mm. I didn't care about anything else. Did Did you do condensed hours or just... It was compressed day. hours. Compressed, yeah. So you went longer the other days. Yeah, supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. So your contracted hours didn't change. You just squeezed them. Yeah, into supposed four days. to be, but so your it, money didn't change. No, it was no, supposed to be, exactly, but it didn't. Re- yeah. It didn't really. It. Well, so she still... gets less pro rata, less and less holidays as well. But again, oh really? So she's yeah. so effectively part time. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of big companies when I, you know, when I was sort of uh, looking for jobs, and they said to me, "Oh, this is going to be home based," and I'm talking large FTSE 100 companies. Mm. You only come into the office if you have a meeting, meeting or for yeah. any other justifiable reason. That's, Otherwise, I, I you will see. be home-based by and large. Mm. So a lot of people are going... And it's a cost, right? Yeah. It's a cost to have people in. A lot of these countries, companies are in central London. So a lot of people are going that way. I think I think that whole working from home thing is going to rebalance as well <laughs> at some point. 
because you can't have it both ways. Have the theme ethos and all that stuff, but half your team are always at home and never see each other. Mm. You you can't you can't technology that. Yeah. All the working tools are great, but you can't you can't technology that. But yeah, I agree with you, Kalisha. I think flexibility. The the the, the trade off should be a fair one. That's that's basically it. It should be a fair trade off. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Cool. Well, I think that brings us to the end of the gig economy. Um, please, guys, you know, any questions you have on it, hit us up uh, on the socials. Our email, info at makingsensepodcast.com. Yeah. yeah. And Twitter and IG. Yep. Making Sense PC. Yep. Um, <laughs> yes, please. Um, you know, we're on, we're still not on Google Podcasts, but we will get there eventually. Working towards it. Working progress. Rome wasn't building a day. <laughs> Neither was this podcast. Maybe a week. Um, yeah, please like, subscribe, comment. Um, you know, the interaction we get on Twitter has been amazing. Some of the uh, retweets and jokes and stuff, we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we do. I find it funny anyway. Yeah, I do. We, uh, um, I saw a conversation yesterday about car finance. Okay. I don't know if anyone else saw this. So somebody mentioned they had bought quite a, a nice car. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then someone tweeted them and said, oh, I hope you didn't get that on PCP. Mm-hmm. And they replied, why not? Mm. You know, and then someone replied and said, "I can't, uh, I can't um, articulate it quite uh, adequately, but listen to this." And nice, and was, I like that the episode where we talked about car finance. So, so yeah, things like that are good well, to see. Keep that going, guys. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Really using us as reference points. I yeah. like that. Wow, yeah. we made it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as always, you know, new listeners, welcome. Old listeners, thank you for staying loyal. Um, yeah, I'm back next week. Indeed. Take care. So, Peace out. Peace, love it. Ah, no, 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 no. What did you learn this week? <laughs> all right, Dad. Yes. What did you learn? <laughs> all right, all right, Dad. We left it out the other day, actually. But it's a good. Um... Yeah. What did you learn, Jerome? Oh. Why? Why always me? <laughs> why always me? Because it was your idea, bro. Yeah, for you guys. No, for you, Dad. <laughs> for us. <laughs> what did I learn this week? Uh, I learned that Apple are only uh, the fourth largest laptop uh, provider. I thought they'd be bigger. Okay. Mm. Hey, that's something he learned. They lead in uh, tablets. Some of the, the long faces. <laughs> I, I thought something you learned about the gig economy, to be oh. fair. Oh. No, no, I no, think you said in it general. was in general. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Oh, wow. What did yeah. I learn this week? Mm. I, I don't think he was finished. I, think he, I was completely he was, finished. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he, he was definitely finished. Uh, what did I learn this week? Good question. Wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> <laughs> Neither was I. <laughs> um, Where's the fun in life? Come on, guys. You could come back to me. <laughs> what did I learn this week? That England might actually win the World Cup. That's a great thing to have learned. For real. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> that's that's, a, that's yeah. a good one. Ron Francis? Um, I don't know. I'm just going to relate it to work because that's the only <laughs> thing I remember. Um, actually, John, do you remember we spoke about copper a couple of months ago? Yeah. So copper's copper prices haven't been doing too well in the last two months or so, like just six weeks. Yeah. And um, what was it that I learned? I, I, I basically learned that copper prices during the summer tend to take a slump. Really? So there's a seasonal effect. Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Why? And I, why? Yeah. It just, I guess, I don't know. Maybe there's less building going on in the summer. I don't know. You know what's funny? Off the back of the commodities episode, yeah. you reminded me about that copper. Yeah. 
conversation. I was actually meant to, I was going to do it today, have a look into, yeah. I'm going to log on later and have a look into which commodities okay. I can get into. Yeah. But now you said that, yeah, you're gonna do it because if it's a seasonal downturn, yeah, it's a seasonal yeah, downturn. And, and mm-hmm. also, there was um, there was a strike in Chile, and Chile produces thirty percent of the world's okay. copper oh, wow. output. Mm. So yeah, the, yeah. But anyway, that's cool. that's what I learned. Um, what did I learn this week? Thanks to Francis, I was complaining to Francis that the emerging markets element of my investment portfolio had, had been going down after he advised me to to buy it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> no, but so what I learned this week is that uh, a lot of the emerging markets uh, finances are actually that they're they're showing losses, but there's actually nothing wrong. Basically, oh really? Yeah, no one can really explain it. I listened yeah. to a couple of podcasts to try and understand why, but there's a bit of uncertainty around the trade wars. Um, they somehow managed to link it to Brexit, but in the end, the guy said, "Look, there's nothing fundamentally wrong here. I can't there give you." one trigger point the trade war stuff hasn't actually happened mm. so it's just one of those things right i mean i'm being a bit i've been a bit um alarmist it's not i think it's like one percent or something <laughs> but i wanted to give france a bit of stick so that's what i've learned today this week i mean for anyone that actually uh listens to our podcast is working in the gig economy feel free to give us an insider's view i mean we've all got statistics and articles here but if you live it and breathe it please let us know let us have your view on on how these things actually work and what it means for your life yeah and also tell us if we missed something completely or if we said something which is just absolutely wrong yeah peace love and happiness have a good week very good